I want to do a short reflection on equanimity this evening. It's been on my mind this week, and it's kind of what I've reflected on this morning at the, the um, half-day retreat I did. And equanimity is really what we're working towards. I mean, there's freedom, there's liberation, but equanimity is that place of freedom. It's that place of not attaching to anything. And as I, I often love to quote uh, Bhikkhu Analyo, who said that the sum of the Buddhist teachings can be summarized in five letters, L-E-T-G-O. So letting go is also not attaching to anything. And so much freedom is there. So much freedom is there. My favorite... Um, definition is of equanimity is that deep intimacy with our with our experience without preference when we have a preference for something it's only because we are dissatisfied with the present that's dukkha dissatisfaction with the present moment that is what's often translated as suffering but it's just this i don't want this I want something different, whether this moment, this experience is uncomfortable or unpleasant, or that one over there seems shinier. There's a replacement that's um, desired. And that's not equanimity. That's wanting, that's craving, that's getting, getting caught up in um, the hindrances where you know, in the fourth foundation of mindfulness, it's the mindfulness of these dhammas, these various, five various things, two of which are very uh, uh, apropos for this, this, this path, this, um, this traveling toward the path to freedom, which are the hindrances, what get in the way of our freedom, and the uh, factors of awakening, which are present when we are on that road to freedom and you know the hindrances are that craving that wanting something or not wanting something or being caught in restlessness and worry how often is our mind caught in restlessness and worry it's just it's just kind of a, almost a go-to and when we pause and really say what's going on here what's this restlessness it's like oh not getting something I want or losing something I have. It's really so basic. Uh, it's that craving, it's that pushing, it's that pulling. And um, doubt is a hindrance, you know, dullness, this checking out. It's um, doubt, this, uh, excuse me, sloth, torpor. It's almost kind of this, this delusion, this cloudiness, this fogginess, this not being very clear on what's happening. We're, we're not paying attention, so there's this, this inability to see clearly. The Buddha talked about people with dust in their eyes, and he was not, when he, after his awakening, he was not interested in teaching until he realized that actually there are some people with just a little dust in their eyes who only need a little nudge to walk in that path towards freedom. And uh, so... The factors of awakening start with mindfulness and are that question of what's going on here and making the effort to stay. And when you have gotten that, there's an ease, there's a joy 
that uh, a contentment that's present regardless of the situation because you're not wanting anything you're not dissatisfied with the moment so you can even if it's unpleasant you can say okay i can handle this this is the way it is i don't need it to be different and this contentedness this tranquility is then there's this collectedness of mind this stillness which is then equanimity this not pushing this not pulling um I uh, I have a quote, I think it's Larry Ward, who says equanimity, you expand the space. There's a spaciousness in equanimity because we're not pushing, we're not tight, we're not constricted. There's a, We expand the space so that the whole dance of life can happen without retreating from it. We don't have to run away from the dance of life. I love that. We make space so that everything can unfold. We don't pick and choose. This week, I had a toothache. I think it was Wednesday morning. Um, it was coming on on Tuesday, and then it was really there on Tuesday. And so during morning meditation, there was this in my mouth. And I'd been, I was offering, a teach, or offering the meditation, I think, on equanimity of being with what is. And I said, okay. If you're equanimous, how are you working with this toothache? And it was like, okay, there's a toothache. There's this really, there's this little bit of, there's this pain in my mouth. And if I bite down, there's a sharp pain in my mouth. So don't bite down. But I was able to say, okay, that's the way it is right now. And this is, I think, a really important point. Because oftentimes when there's something, especially if it's uncomfortable, we want to move into fixing it. How do we make it go away? How do we take care of it? And so there was a, I could have sat, spent a lot of time going, ah, when is this meditation going to be over? When is the dentist going to, when is the dentist going to open up? I need another, I need another ibuprofen, whatever it is. Instead, it was like, there's nothing to be done right now. Just be here with the discomfort. And okay, and when you get into this real place of equanimity, it's like, okay, that's there. It's not, you're not dealing with it, you know, pushing, pulling. It's just, okay, right now it's like this. There's, there will come a time when it, I can do something about it. Um, but right now, there's nothing I can do about it. And it's... There's, a, there's an ease, as I said, there's an ease that comes with that because I don't have to fix anything. There's not, it's not my fault. There's not something I have to do. It's just, all right, right now it's like this. I, um, I think that um, we, we do get caught up in the story about the future or the past. When is this not going to hurt? What did I do to make it hurt? Whatever, whatever we scenario we, we conjure up. So recognizing that those are just fabrications of the mind and releasing them and tending to right here. If it's painful, can you be soft and compassionate? And a lot of times in the bigger picture, or sometimes people think that equanimity means acquiescence to things that 
are not good, that are harmful, that are unjust and abusive. And it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean you say, oh, well, I can't do anything about it. It means acknowledging the experience of the moment. And then at some point saying, what can I do to address this? What can be addressed right now? It's not like saying, I don't want to feel this. It's like, it may be unpleasant, but it's like, it's present. So when you have this place of total intimacy with your experience, there's a, that's a place of power because you don't have to make it change. You don't have to make it stop right now. You can say, I can hold this space. I can hold this moment, this emotion, whatever it is. And then I have the mindfulness, the wherewithal to say, is there something I can do if this is causing harm? Yes, no. It's just we don't get into the present, the, 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 um, the storytelling. We get into the recognition, the what is this? Perhaps there is something that can be done. Can I do it? Can I not do it? So there, again, there's that, that, can I do it now? Maybe I can't do it till next week. And how can I be present with the now instead of living in the next week? So there's this um, recognition and knowing of what's happening. Not thinking about it. Not thinking about the thinking. We get lost, we start thinking, we, we start thinking about the thoughts instead of just acknowledging the thoughts themselves, if that makes sense. Um, so there's a relaxation, even when it's unpleasant, even when things are difficult. Um, a lot of times, if um, thoughts do recur that are uncomfortable or unpleasant, we can again, let go of the storyline and come to what may be underneath. Because so often we just get lost in the story of what it used to be like or what it should be in the future and why did they do that or why didn't they, why did I, why shouldn't I shoulda, shoulda, coulda, woulda, if only. So we're, we're stuck in these two places of needing things to be a particular way for um, ease and contentment in our lives instead of saying, okay, this is it. Um, what's actually underneath the storyline? What needs to be seen? What needs to be heard? What needs to be tended to? Especially if it's a, a, a difficult emotion that we're not used to tending to or that we were taught is not okay. How do you hold the deep pain that might be there, the grief. We make space for the whole dance of life without judgment. We don't create, which is getting caught up in this craving, this greed. We don't reject, which is caught up in the aversion. We're aware, so we're not in delusion. But we make space. We make space. And it's, you know, 
equanimity is the appropriate response to the moment. So if there is something difficult, the appropriate response is compassion, softening. So wise to be compassionate. It's something that we can be so bad at. Because we live in this, this realm of judging mind, of should, you should, if, if you were better, then it wouldn't feel this way. Instead of recognizing, you can't help the feelings that arise. How can I be with them? Kindly, sweetly. And if, it's, if there's ease, let there be contentment with it. No judging that, too. Because there's that, sometimes that mind is, I shouldn't be so happy when other people have it so bad. You know, we can't, um, our reality is our reality. We can't change it. So to just go, right now it's like this. It will probably change because all things change. So be with the joy. Be with the contentment. Be with the happiness when it's present. So, so as I said, um, I, didn't have, uh, I didn't have a lot to talk about tonight to share. I just wanted to, I've just been reflecting on equanimity and, and how challenging it can be because the mind is so powerful, those habits of mind are so powerful, but the, the freedom that exists when you can be with equanimity, when you can be equanimous, you know, and there's, I think, I think oftentimes equanimity um, can be very palpable. If you've ever been with someone who's died as they die, um, whoever it might be, close friend or family member. Um, it's surprising. I've had the experience, and I've talked to many, many people who have had the experience of there's, you know, some recognition, being fully present with the recognition that this person is dying, fully recognizing the sadness, fully recognizing the grief, but also recognizing that there might be, there's some joy sometimes that shows up, some, some other experience. So that being balanced with something as big as someone dying and being able to be fully present with the, with all the things that come up, the, the, the grief and the joy, the ease, um, that's, that is such a, a powerful experience of equanimity. It's a powerful experience of equanimity. Or if you have a really difficult experience and all of a sudden you notice that you're completely at ease because you don't have to make it be different. You can say, okay, this is the way it is. How do we show up for this? Watching the reactivity. If you find yourself getting into this, ah, pause, come back. See if you can be still and go, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's painful. But how do I best work my way through this? So... That I, I wish you I wish you uh, the flavor of equanimity. I wish you a taste of it. It's it's a powerful experience. It's the last of the seven factors of awakening. It's one of the 
um, paramis, which are the qualities that they say are necessary for enlightenment. It's, um, it's one of the heart practices, the Brahmaviharas. So it's really worthwhile um, seeing where it is in your life because I know you have equanimity, um, but oftentimes we don't notice it. So to, to make the effort to recognize when you do have some equanimity, it's so worthwhile because then you say, oh, this is what it's like. This is what it's like when I can be at ease with the eight worldly winds when the stuff's just flying left and right. I can say, okay, gain and loss, praise and blame, pleasure and pain, fame and ill repute. It's just part of the human condition, so... Thank you, my friends, for your, your generous, generous attention. Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.